guys. Welcome back to Epic Reddit, episode number 56. Oh my gosh, crazy. Crazy numbers we got going on here. I'm here, as always, with my lovely co-host, Miss Carly Bauer. Hello, Carly. everyone. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to, to uh, the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, welcome. What's up, man? Thanks for stopping uh, by. Yeah. <laughs> New location today. No fun earrings. No nothing in the background. I did have. I had uh, earrings on today. They were faces. Nice. So they were fun, but I took them out and put pajamas on. So. Nice. Well, well, now that we're all nice and comfortable, why don't yeah. we just jump right into the movie of this week? Um, the Oscars just happened as uh, a time of recording and time of releasing so it doesn't really matter that for me to say that uh it happened on sunday and best picture winner nomadland uh is the movie we are going to be talking about today yes so we're not sure what we're going to be talking about but nomadland is the winner uh <laughs> so it gets the highest uh award of us talking about it for about 20 minutes before we get distracted by poop and bar jokes yeah what uh, a wonderful <laughs> award for it to win mm-hmm. bestowed upon by us the highest uh, yeah get, uh, our attention movies like, movies like <laughs> joe dirt and muppets from space and nomadland all have the same um accomplishment we'll see if i can if i rate it higher than grown-ups <laughs> find out <laughs> stay tuned um all righty well uh, since we're going to be talking about it, maybe I should pull up a synopsis, unless you've got one ready. I do not have anything ready at all. I am well, not ready. <laughs> I got, I found one. All right. A woman in her 60s embarks on a journey through the western United States after losing everything in the Great Recession, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Yeah, um, that was pretty good. Yeah, not, not the worst one we've ever had. <laughs> There's definitely been way worse than yes, that. Yes, true. Um... So, uh, Carly, uh, I know you haven't seen a lot of the nominees, but I have not. were you, yeah, were you glad you at least saw uh, not only one of the nominees, but now the winner of this movie? I, um, yeah, I, this movie comes up, like, surprisingly, re- like, relevant to, like, discussions we've been having at school and with my friends and stuff recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, when it comes to, um like this concept of like van life in this culture that like white influencers have built around van life you know um Mm -hmm. and like recently the concept of um of van life has been something that um yeah that's very that's very it's been popularized and it's been like i don't know how to say it because it's not it's it's and which is literally like the point like um you can't um take and um make that area white you know and like right and flood money into it to put i don't know you know what i mean because it's like a moving thing but people are like taking this piece of culture that has had to happen from people in poverty you know and it's like what they have to live off of through van life and the culture surrounding it and have turned it into like this um like aesthetic white aesthetic thing and it's become like we're we're people with lots of money like completely renovate vans and campers and use that to live in school buses too yeah and like this tiny house aesthetic and they can make money and they get praised for it but like people like we see in this movie that are 
older living in poverty and can't afford beyond that are um like seen as homeless you know and it's Mm -hmm. like this double standard in a way and um i didn't know that they made a movie based off of it which is an awesome topic and i think like that in addition to how they incorporated actual people that um really actually live that life as as actors within the movie is super cool and um when we come to topics of like representation in media and like how you use like do you hire someone that actually has that as like a member of that minority group you know do you use someone that's a part of that community to like portray them on screen and like off like having a gay person play a gay person and not like you know so the other way around or having you know someone with a disability play someone with a disability Mm -hmm. um so that you're not like completely profiting off of like the misfortune of others and portraying like a a non-correct storyline i think that this is a really great example of how successful that can be and so it's really nice to see Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and uh i think it's even crazier too because not only is it uh, based on true events, but it's based off of a book um, that I don't know when that book came out, but I'm assuming it was well before band life uh, became yeah. a trendy topic to of discussion. So I think it's kind of crazy that even though it's not necessarily like history repeating itself because it was like less than a decade ago yeah. when this movie took place. Um, but it's interesting that uh, even though it was 10 years ago that now we kind of already like flipped it on its head and, and right. made it like this TikTok thing. Yeah, like we've, um, we've, it's weird because like I don't want to say that there's, we've like, like there's gentrification of this community because that mm-hmm. like implies that it's an, an, a physical place, you know? Right. But yeah. it's in a way, yeah, because they, I don't know, vans are physical places. I don't know how to, I don't know what the right term would be but that's but i think like gentrification of fan life i don't know Mm -hmm. of this community of people that are forced to live and like i don't know and like what they've done to be able to live in the community that they've gathered because of their living circumstances and like that's such a unique and um like important thing to recognize that we shouldn't just take for for rich white people (laughs) (laughs) And it's and you're right, like in the sense that like that has only become more popular to do that in recent years. Whereas like van like like the this community of people that live through van life and aren't doing it for like popularity reasons has been around a lot longer. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I wanna bring up the fact that uh I saw this about maybe a month or two ago, uh, in the theater and uh, I did not like it, like, at all. Uh, <laughs> I appreciated it. I thought it was gorgeous. I loved the score. I, I understood that Francis McDormand gave a world-class performance, um, which he did end up winning an Oscar for again. Uh, so, obviously, I'm not alone in, in that department. <laughs> but uh, I just did not connect with it whatsoever. And when you don't connect with the movie uh it like it just makes anything no matter how well crafted it is just feel like it's taking forever even though this movie is barely over an hour and a half i think it's an hour 45 with the credits um 
and like i i i really honestly did not remember like maybe the last half hour of this movie even though it, i only i saw it so recently um and i think part of it is just because i wasn't in the right headspace to watch it yeah um, i think with a movie it, like this you really do have to be in a specific mindset right yeah and i don't and i think that's like just a topic that doesn't oftentimes get addressed mm-hmm. um that rewatching movies can either make or break certain ones right and i think for this one it really made it like <laughs> it, it cracked my top 10 of last year that's really interesting because we just were gonna watch the favorite and that was also a second watch for you yeah and it was like the polar yeah like i liked it less on the rewatch it's crazy um um, so it just i don't know i don't i think it's just like an interesting that like or not interesting but just kind of like upsetting that we like i don't know i just feel sometimes pressured that i like if the movie's getting all the praise in the world that i have to like it the first time but like if i'm not in the right mood i won't like it yeah and i just think it's like interesting that we just like can't we just oftentimes forget about that element of it um a lot of the we were talking a little bit last week about the three movies that i had to like catch up on for the award season and i feel like because i play catch up on them instead of like being in the mood to watch them like it (laughs) it just like i only really resonated with one of them and i feel like i should have resonated with all three of them because of how like well uh, made they were so um yeah (laughs) uh what one did you resonate with uh the father uh with anthony hopkins Um, i think that one's hard not to because that's very much about like the human experience i feel like yeah, and it, we, everyone has parents, you know, everyone has. Right. And uh, a little personal, but we just had a few, someone a few years ago uh, pass away who was going through a similar thing that Anthony Hopkins was going through with that. So, like, uh, it definitely struck a chord a little bit harder for me rather than films like Judas and the Black Messiah that are dealing heavily with race. And I personally like personally don't have to deal with that kind of shit yeah i mean because you're a white a white man yeah Yeah. yeah, (laughs) right (laughs) that'll do it um (laughs) uh so yeah i don't know maybe i hope to give that ones in particular a second chance um and like it more but as of right now it's just kind of like i like like nomadland the first time Mm -hmm. like i liked it or like i appreciated it more than i enjoyed it um but anyways Back to Nomadland. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, okay, here's an interesting one. So this one, Best Director, with for Chloe Zhao. I'm sorry, I, that's probably wrong. Um, but first, our second female director to win this award, uh, first female foreign director to win this award, and uh, before I rewatched it this time, it's just kind of like what is like the direction you know what i mean kind mm-hmm. of a thing for me and i feel like after watching this and kind of learning about like what you were saying before that a lot of the actors aren't actually actors in this movie like they're real people and upon doing even more research uh some of the people i think even swanky in yep. the movie 
did not know that Francis, who Francis McDormand was yeah. while they were filming this movie and then realized like way too far in that she has at the time had two Academy Awards under her belt kind of a thing. And she was just hanging out with her in the van. Yeah. <laughs> just casually, like nothing, no big deal or anything. So I think the direction really shines um, when you think about the fact that this person or Chloe had to take uh, these people that had probably never even been on camera in their life before and make them give convincing performances and authentic performances, which they technically are. And in a lot of ways, this feels like a documentary. Um, and I think that that element really shined for me this time around how difficult it must have been to get these kind of authentic and lifelike performances out of people that, because I think uh, a talent that is oftentimes overlooked is actors playing themselves. Uh, we talked, I think, specifically a little bit about this with Anka Gems and Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. playing himself <laughs> and how hard of a performance that actually is to not make yourself seem like you have absolutely no flaws and and like stay like a normal person because sometimes a, a person gets on camera like they become a completely different person because they're trying to make themselves look a lot cooler or a lot better than they actually are but these people like actually feel like like there's just a camera that just happened to be there and they didn't notice or something like mm-hmm. that and they're just capturing all these really um unique and authentic moments which i think is where the directing really shines through in this movie I agree. I think that, like I said before, like, it's a great example of how people who actually live, like, these lives can participate in a project like this, um, Mm -hmm. and that it can still be really successful even if they haven't had experience with acting just because they purely have those experiences, you know, and so, like, that at least plays a role in it being somewhat lifelike for them, and so I think playing something, you know, I think that can really contribute, like, like we were talking in my class this week about the movie Wonder and how okay. the um, boy who plays um, the main boy, Augie, in the movie Wonder. I don't know if you've seen it. I um, only uh, watched part I've of it. Seen, but... I've... Yeah. 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 I mean, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, um, I guess for people who don't know, Wonder is about um, a boy who has a um, – there's a specific the specific disease for it I don't remember the name but it's like a facial deformity um facial disability and the boy who plays him doesn't actually have it in real life they edited it on um for the film and so there wait, we have wait it's not makeup it might be partially makeup but it's like not okay. it's not his face he he doesn't right, have right, right. A, yeah I thought, you, um, I thought he had like a fully CGI face when you were I actually that. don't no, exactly. I'm sure it's somewhat of a combination. It looks fairly yeah. real in the movie, but, um, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how, like, what are the ethics in that, particularly because it's such a rare disease, um, and so finding a child actor that could, um, portray that character that has that disease would have been, they had, like, one other kid that they were thinking about having, but it just with, um, like budget and stuff how long the, the shooting would have had been extended and stuff to meet like accommodations and like what the ethics are in that in the sense of like you want to have someone with that experience like portray the character you know or like and what are the limits when it comes to like increasing budget because of the amount of extra days maybe accommodations 
would add to shooting and like how much extra money that is and then you know are they like as good of an actor like all that kind of there's a lot of like questions that go into that um and especially when so if I'm sure in this case the they don't have experience acting you know um and how long maybe it took to get those shots in the case of Nomadland and it right. you know it 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 shows it's a great example of even when you're in a situation that all those things would hypothetically hold you back that it can still be accomplished and even be successful enough to win best picture and I think that's like a really um influential in maybe movies moving forward because I feel like whenever people don't want to have people with actual experience in those communities represent people that are portrayed very minorly in the in cinema and, and on screen um there's a lot of excuses in terms of like budget and there wasn't anyone we couldn't find anyone we we you know we don't have any actors that look like that that fit the description you know and that um in this this movie really shows that like if you put the effort in and you try to make those accommodations that you can have performances that are very successful you know mm-hmm. and i think that that's a really big deal that um they went out of their way to do that i think that's super a super big deal yeah and uh i think yeah they're shooting they were shooting for like five months on mm-hmm. this project which i feel like is a longer shoot in the grand scheme of things i'm not quite too sure what the average one is but i feel like this is a bigger one but on top of that like its budget was only like five million dollars too um so yeah francis mcdormand was like genuinely like in this lifestyle for this uh good amount of time and uh, <laughs> and upon doing the research like i was saying that she actually was getting job offers that nomad ads typically get offered um and had to like explain to them what was going on because like what she was doing was just so convincing and um whatnot um but yeah yeah uh i don't think do you have like specific things you want to get into because i feel like this movie is more of like a an experience uh that you just kind of have to go into expecting it to be kind of a slice of life film yeah mm-hmm. um rather than uh like a narrative yeah more or less and um i think that's part of the reason why the first time i watched this i was kind of turned off by it is because i was like waiting for like some like very clear plot to click in rat but it's more of just like the character of burn um going through this very tricky time in her life where when the movie uh takes place she's already been in the situation for i would say almost a year at the point that the movie starts in but she's still in this stage of grief um about it like in the synopsis says about how she lost everything she lost her job and her husband probably a few i don't know if they ever they don't say specifically yeah but um they just kind of imply it led to where she is now right um 
So I, uh, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Oh, the, <laughs> but I think like slice of life filmmaking is just a, such a, is a, a genre in itself that you kind of have to know, uh, that's what it is before you start it rather than like expecting it. Cause I feel like, I feel like movies like this, you have to have that, that knowledge going in. And I don't think this one was as well advertised, um, as other movies, uh, might, may have been, um, in that very specific genre uh, regard <laughs> other than that. I don't even, I don't know. I don't even think I saw a trailer for this. I doubt any. No. Really did. <laughs> so I don't know if advertising is even in the question yeah, to I, complain about. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I would say like, we are in a very unique year when it comes to ads for movies and stuff, right, you know, I, right. unless it's available on, on like Disney plus, you're not going to see it. You know, half the sure. time when new stuff comes out on Netflix, it just shows up. And I'm like, oh, you know. Right. So. Like, you, lucky if you get 30 seconds into the trailer before you skip to the next thing or start yeah, watching and, it. Yeah, and I think that's just partially, like, the world we're living in this year in particular. And I think that's yeah. okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think we really need to get into spoilers about it because it's just kind of. Yeah, I don't think. I don't... And I, I also, I would just recommend watching it purely. Um, right. If you haven't, if, yeah, if you really, definitely. if you are in need of a spoiler warning, I would just recommend you watch it. It's it's not too long. It's, I don't know. I enjoyed it beginning to end. I thought it was um, an impactful mm-hmm. and important story. Like Bryce right. said, you do have to be in the right mindset though. But if you find yeah. yourself in that mindset, it could be a good watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like, the only thing I'd have to talk about the ending is like a very minor thing. I, uh, and I don't know. I'll try and be vague, but I don't know if I should even bring it up. So we'll talk a little bit more about it, and then I can um, say it okay. to see if you had, can figure out what I'm talking about in okay. an opinion. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think that certain times when a movie it's all like the praise in the world it's usually about um one regard and I, and we already kind of discussed what the one regard is it's like the type the style of filmmaking and what they had to do to get this project made so i think when that kind of is the focus um things that are off like are like the essentials of filmmaking um oftentimes get overlooked and in this case i think even though it did get nominated for these things, um, I think things like cinematography and the score and uh, uh, specifically those two things are not necessarily in the conversation as much and they shouldn't be in comparison to all the other things that they had to achieve for it. But I think it's worth mentioning that this movie is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and I uh, would just go out and just... Um, <laughs> by the 4k criterion blu-ray uh just the nicest copy you can find uh and, and, and then wait till you're in the right mood and then put it on <laughs> uh and you know and i think uh and then the score is it's interesting because the score while is very good is very minimalist 
in the sense that it's not necessarily blaring the entire time in the movie. I think it's a good half hour before any music is played at all. And um, it's interesting that even with that, the score is not only memorable, but it makes you, it evokes emotions out of you as well. Um, even though it's not blasting through the screen as uh, most movies these days or just in general <laughs> uh, oftentimes do. Um, so yeah, it's uh, well made in multiple regards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just hard to talk about this movie because it's like, it, I don't know, yeah, just a very well done yeah. concept. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else before I I just read? really liked it like I thought yeah. it just it everything it, it did everything it set out to do and it is like influential in film in general like we were talking about earlier with like representation and stuff and um, just does a really good job being everything I would want in a film about that topic I think mm-hmm. you know there's I don't have anything I can complain about and that's a big right. deal for a movie <laughs> for me yeah right, right right um so i guess i don't know i think the only complaint that i would really have um and is more like uh pacing and it just but uh, the, the counter argument to pacing is that because it's a slice of life movie yeah it's what a is... slice of life so like not every moment's going to be flying by and cruising really fast it's going to be there's going to be times where Frances McDormand just wants to sit in her band, play the flute, and realize she has to go to the bathroom. And it's just like, and it like not that, and that scene or moment doesn't necessarily add anything to the movie, but it what it does add is like the in a more immersive environment. Yeah. Well, it just <laughs> shows like her humanity and how right like she does normal people things living in her van, you know. Right. And just what it you know because i think a lot of the film is her outside of the van and so shots like that really show like that Mm -hmm. you know she sits at home like other people do it's just a little bit different yeah so it's it's not like every shot in this movie like it arguably is not important but it is in the sense of like setting up or uh, immersing or growing on the idea that the filmmakers and are trying to mm-hmm. achieve. Um, so that's like a back and forth though, because although that is the argument against it, it's also like, like, yeah, <laughs> like I definitely enjoy certain elements, like it, watching it more than I do others kind of a, a deal. Like, I think I, I enjoyed the few times where she was with the kid Derek, I think is his name, who she lends the lighter to, um, and finds him later in the movie uh, with the, on the by the fire by himself. Um, or and I really love Linda May. I love Swanky. Um, I was a little what what is his name? Uh, the main man. David or Bob? <laughs> David. Da- I think. Ooh. Ooh, uh, David. Okay. David. Yes. I was a little con- 
iffy on him for a little while, but I don't know. I think it's just, in, oh, that's what I want to talk about. The fact that this movie, <laughs> I found it, I found what I wanted to discuss. Uh, the fact that this movie uh, really um, brings in, because um, oftentimes, like, in the world, it often feels very negative, and it, not to say that it's not negative at all, which because that's not fucking true, but I think uh, that there's so much hate and negativity in the world, and this movie does a very good job encapsulating like this real world scenario, and it, there's really only like two times in the movie where Francis McDormand encounters someone who's not at least trying to be nice to her yeah you know and the two times that it does happen is when like she's parked somewhere to try to sleep for the night and someone pounds on her door and tells her no overnight parking and then the other time is she's cleaning a bathroom and and then someone walks in and just starts peeing and then she, and then she's just like gets all pissed off because she's just cleaned it kind of a thing uh and that's it you know and that doesn't even make up 30 seconds of the movie yeah. So I think this movie does a good job, um, like making, uh, not only making you, uh, immerse in this world, but really admiring how the world's not necessarily full of negativity. Mm-hmm. There is still a lot of positivity out, um, out there, which I think is a nice, uh, detail to include, <laughs> whether that was their intention or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie just felt like a nice big warm hug and i wanted to give francis mcdormand a big hug uh the entire movie too she's very sweet in this um in this movie (laughs) but yeah um the one vague spoiler that i will give is that there is a scene near the end where a lot of nomads are surrounding a fire uh, that I felt was very short in comparison to some of the buildup that was leading to it. There's I can a few conversations. Yeah. There's a few conversations leading up to it, and I felt like that that was like one of the only things that you could say had a payoff. Yeah. Because it because of the the nature of the movie. Um, so I wish that was a little longer. But other than that, I like I, how the shot ended though. With it um, like panning up into the sky, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish that we got to uh, spend a little time in that one moment. Um, but, yeah. Um, Carly, do you have a score in mind or anything else you want to bring up before we end up? Um, I think I would rate this movie an 8.5 out of 10, I think is where mm-hmm. I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I'm in that very high 8 range i feel like i'd be lying if i gave it a nine though kind yeah of thing. yeah me too like um, i think it's worth a nine but i think just personally i think it's more in the eight and a half range. that's exactly how i feel too um so yeah please check it out it's on hulu um and yeah once again uh, just wait until you're not in the mood for a, a high budget action spy thriller movie because that is not what this is <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah um so moving right along uh still kind of floating the same boat um chloe Zhao is on uh the crew specifically the director of 
the Marvel's The Eternals, which is supposed to come out um, this fall. Ooh. And, and <laughs> we are obviously very large MCU fans. Um, I think, I don't know if you end up watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. No? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I've been <laughs> busy. Right. Yeah. Um, congrats on your BFA review. Thank you. you. Good job, everybody. Um, <laughs> Very excited. Um, but I wanted to bring it up, uh, the Eternals up, because I'm curious to know your thoughts on if you think that um, Marvel uh, Studios will allow Chloe to have a very distinct voice in this, or do you think it's going to be like a corporate project that uh, just happens to have like an artist's name attached to it? Yeah, I don't... Well, okay. I think before seeing WandaVision, Mm -hmm. my answer would have been corporate, absolutely, right? However, I would argue WandaVision was fairly artistic, especially in the earlier episodes, and how... Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And how they went about, you know, um, showing a lot of stuff. Still very true to Marvel, right? And and the way Marvel is shot and and done. Mm-hmm. But especially the finale. Right, right. <laughs> but with more recent movies like Ragnarok or you know Black, um, Panther. Black Panther, some of the earlier episodes yeah. of WandaVision, I think that there is room for artistic growth. They're getting a little mm-hmm. more comfortable, and so I could see especially with a topic that I think might get less views than some of the past episodes, just because, or some of the past stuff that they've done, just because of the name not being a character that we know kind of a thing. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. Like, in terms of audience, I, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That maybe they might be um, a little more lenient on allowing for some artistic voicing, which would be cool. I think fans would like that, but... Mm-hmm. They can't stray too far, otherwise people are going to get mad, and they think I think they know that. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious to see because I don't I don't know if you know anything about these characters at all. I'm yeah. trying to avoid spoilers for a lot of the shows that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't even watched the Shang Chi trailer yet. I don't know if you've uh, seen it. The not. only trailer that isn't from the two series that are out that I have seen is the like part of the loki trailer just because i had to watch it for an assignment and like everything else i'm just like avoid avoiding because like i don't want to spoil things for myself because i don't know right yeah yeah their marketing is pretty bad yeah because i saw like i don't i my biggest pet peeve so far is how they make like a second trailer to release like halfway through the series and like i was watching tv like halfway through wandavision and the re-release trailer had the scene with vision tearing the wall open from the Halloween episode in the trailer, like before the, so it was like before you knew even knew like if vision got out or could get out or anything, or if vision even knew about the town and it was him ripping the thing. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, bitch ass. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, at this point, I don't even know if vision knew that they were in. Right. And like, Another shot in that, I think, in that same trailer is, like, Vision and Wanda, like, um, starting to fly, like, 
Yeah, at the same time, yeah, from the right. yeah from the nineties episode. About to like throw hands or whatnot. I'm like, I didn't even know that they were gonna get into an argument. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because so, those first couple episodes are so different, and so that yeah. trailer, it it wasn't even like, you know, it's not like where if it's like a bunch of action sequences, maybe you can look past something. It's like right. every single thing in that trailer is gonna look brand new because it's so different from everything else we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That was frustrating. Um. And so I'm. That's why I'm not watching. I'm like I don't want to know, because mm-hmm. I don't trust you not to put anything extremely important or like <laughs> anything right. in the trailer because you've been doing that already. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as Eternals goes, I think I'm just ex- I'm just hoping that um, similar to Endgame, where we have a good amount of time. Uh, just to spend with the characters and develop them in a very quieter way rather than action sequence after action sequence. Because I feel like that will definitely stick out. And that's part of the reason why I love Endgame so much, um, despite, you know, the ending. <laughs> uh, that last hour. The first hour is just great. You know, yeah. how it's just spend so much time in the grief stage of things. And granted, I don't know where these characters are going to be at when the movie starts. Or I literally, I couldn't tell you a single damn thing about this besides the cast. And like at that two or three of the cast members, maybe. Um, so I, I don't know. I just hope that we get uh, different approaches in our character development yeah i I agree with you i think it could end up being really cool and it will be good like regardless i know it's gonna be good so (laughs) Mm -hmm. right it'll definitely be watchable do you think there's gonna be more or less sun sunrise and sunset shots in this than nomad man because it takes place in space where we do have the sun less you think it's mean less yeah just because of the nature of of the show Mm-hmm. Probably at least one, though. Good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okie dokie. That is the only other topic I have planned for this. Um, do you have anything to report or interesting you want to talk about? Um, not particularly. Um, how are you liking Kevin Smith movies? <laughs> uh, okay, so a quick background. Um, Carly and I are trying to figure out what our next ranking should be, and she brought up ranking a few of the Kevin Smith movies, um, the view, the view askew universe. Yeah. Yes. Um, basically, it's all the movies that Jay and Silent Bob yep. pop up in. Yep. Um, whether or not they're cameos or not. Uh, and before she asked me to do this, I, the only movie I've seen is Zack and Mary make a porno, which I really did not like other than Craig Robinson and Seth Rogen slipping their humor in rather than Kevin Smith humor in. Um, and it's okay. So I've only seen clerks and I just watched uh, mall rats. Okay. Um, before we started. Okay. And it's interesting to me because I've been watching a few of his interviews, just like him mm-hmm. just doing his thing. And I think the guy is really funny but for whatever reason, his, the humor just does not translate into the scripts. And I'm just not finding the scripts as funny as him. Um, there are certain elements that I 
that I do find funny, but like a consistent laugh, I haven't <laughs> consistently laughed like the entire time. Um, and I can get why you would like them, but it's more like I this is not my thing. Yeah. Thing. Um, and what's the other thing? I like uh, his stylistic choices, specifically when characters there's like what very long takes of characters going through like these full pages of dialogue yeah. mm-hmm. that only increases rapid. as it goes forward i think yeah like just rapid fire dialogue and it's just like very impressive from an acting standpoint how you remember that many lines and just go back and forth without skipping a beat uh i so and i as i really like those scenes there's a few in both of the movies that i've seen so far um and uh yeah i would i would give them uh the book two that i've seen uh sevens okay right that's now. good but like but that's mainly more of like uh for an appreciation and like yeah like if i if i personally found them very funny they'd be higher kind of a thing but like since yeah i don't yeah like that's just that's just a score that i would give yeah like any movie kind of a thing mm-hmm. that like is like they don't do anything wrong but they're also not like winning me over kind of right a thing. i get they're that kind of there. So i think i'm not sure my favorite yeah. is chasing amy i think mm-hmm. um which i think you'll see why um <laughs> i think that you should watch chasing amy and i think also keep in mind um so jason lee is also in chasing amy and so is ben affleck and they play two different characters than they play in mall rats so keep that in mind, because I was really confused when I first watched it, and I was like, why is Jason Lee's character acting like that? And then I was For like, sure. oh, they're different people. <laughs> so. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, how are we planning to watch Dog Dogma? I haven't figured it out yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. So if we can't find that, how are we? We'll talk about it. I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> We can talk about. It. I at least want you to watch *Chasing Amy*, then we yeah. can talk about it because I don't, I don't, I don't have an answer for you right now. Okay. So, but at, okay. Um, but at the moment, that is the ranking that's coming up, but a not a, a very unconfident ranking coming up. It's potential. We're hoping. A very potential. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a surprise. Surprise. Um. You know, and as always, if you have any suggestions for us, if you want to suggest a franchise, you want us want to see us or our opinions on it, um, let us know. Um, we'd like to try to keep them relevant, but if there's nothing coming out that we want to talk about, uh, we'll do you know Kevin Smith rankings. So and <laughs> Kai, we are gonna watch Lord of the Rings and do a Lord of the Rings ranking. We just do not have the time. Specifically, me, I do not have the time right now to dedicate to that um because that's a lot of time but after i move i will so there you go (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that will definitely be a thing at some point yeah absolutely (laughs) all righty um yes uh carly where can i find you um you can find me rewatching chasing amy just to see what you think about it um, or over on uh, a Instagram at or Carly Dot Bauer. Almost forgot my own username there for a second. Bryce, where can I find you? You can find me 
publicizing Carly's Instagram just so <laughs> nobody can forget her Instagram handle. And while I'm doing that, I might as well plug my own at Bryce Kelly Howe. Cool. Um, and with all of that said, <laughs> there's no end scene. Go home. Uh...